Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast. And this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and today it's time for a special episode. I'm joined by Alex Hurst of the NUST. He chairs the, uh, the organisation which is looking to make a difference at Newcastle United. Thank you very much for popping in. Um, first of all, you've had a, an amazing uptake in membership over the last week or so. Um, probably excelled by the fact that Rafa Benitez uh, has left the club would that be a a fair reflection very much so I mean we'd already managed to double our membership from about 500 to 1000 when the new board was put in place at the end of January so we're really pleased with that we had planned for this I think a lot of us on the board had had seen the writing on the wall uh, from a personal perspective of of the Rafa's relationship with the club deteriorating so we'd planned for it We, we didn't know that the news was going to be announced kind of a week ahead of schedule um, and then it, it just seemed to have snowballed from there with a couple of tweets put out and a couple of Facebook posts and then word of mouth as much as anything seems to have contributed and at the time that me and you are sat here now with seven and a half thousand members which is beyond our wildest dreams for this stage really we always planned as a board to try and get to that 10,000 mark um, and we're well on the way. So if people are listening to this and they're thinking I've, I've thought about signing up but I haven't quite got round to it what would be your message to persuade them to you know, to part with their pound or their £10 uh, life membership? Yeah, so my message to anyone listening who's not convinced is is the Supporters Trust is, a, is an organisation that exists for you. It exists for the benefit of the supporters and the supporters only and the community of Newcastle United. If you don't like what the current board are doing or want to take it in a different direction, you have that opportunity. Anyone can stand for election. Anyone can be a member as long as you're over 16 years old. And ultimately, no one in the trust has any more say than anyone else. It is strictly a one-person, one-vote membership. If someone wanted to donate um, thousands of pounds to become a member, they still wouldn't give them any more rights over a member who's paid the one-pound membership fee. One of the reasons that we, was my first act as chair, was to reduce membership from £10 to a pound. We wanted to make the trust accessible. People are far more important to us than money, and yeah, money's great and probably opens a few more doors for us to try and expand the membership and do a few things in the community. But ultimately, 7,500 of your fellow fans have taken a chance on this. Uh, you know, there is a, a wider community maybe of in the hundreds of thousands of Newcastle fans worldwide. And this is open to anybody worldwide. You don't just have to be based in the Northeast or even in the United Kingdom. You can have a say, you can have a vote through the website and by email. 
it, wherever you are in the world, this exists for you. It's not for me or any other member or, or certainly anyone else. It, it exists for you to have a voice. So, so please get involved. And you talk there about having a vote. What kind of things will members be voting on? Obviously, it's not just kind of the position of the chair or who's on the board, but would it be other things specifically to do with maybe action or um, you know steps to, to make the relationship with the club more positive? Uh, definitely, I think there's a there's a wide variety of things that members can can vote on. So if, you know, f- for example, um, in future, key spending decisions will be put to the membership. Uh, certainly relationships like stuff like that can be put to the membership there might be issues hopefully we're hopeful in the future surrounding club ownership or surrounding the way to go with the football club whether that's the current people running it um, and it it is the position of the supporters trust would would like to see a a change of ownership uh, how we how we would would work that relationship if it came about so definitely key issues like that about how members want the trust to be perceived publicly and also kind of policy routes that they want us to go down People will be giving a vote. Important stuff that we well, we feel is important stuff like safe standing. You know, one of our board members, Thomas, is is you know um, very involved with the Football Supporters Association, which used to be the FSF, it's now the FSA. And we um, and he is talking to the key people involved in safe standing. You've seen safe standing installed already at Tottenham. Wolves are talking about making the whole of one of their stands behind the ground safe standing we need to know what our members think I'm personally I'm in favour of safe standing I think it's the way to go but but that's not up to me as I've said it's up to the membership so before we pursued anything with Newcastle United or with the football authorities whether that be at a legislative level um, or kind of lower down we would put that to members and say as a membership what what do you think do you want us to pursue this you know other, other important fan areas like 20s plenty I'm sure fans I don't think they would vote against that but Stuff like that, that, that's the kind of thing we put to fans. And, and as you mentioned, Andrew, quite rightly, um, we, we, we as supporters trust, we, we aren't a protest group. We think we're, we're kind of a, 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 big, big, a bit bigger than that. Um, each individual member has the right to do whatever they want in terms of how they support the club. The supporters trust should never be there to tell members how to support that football club, in my opinion. And what we what we would do is if there was a boycott of a game, we would put it to the membership and we would report those results publicly. That doesn't mean that the supporters trust thinks its members should boycott. That is entirely up to each individual fan. You know, it's put to us a lot on social media. Will you support this boycott? Will you support that? Will you support this fan group? Well, we aren't affiliated to anybody, to any fan group. We aren't answerable to any fan group. And, you know, in terms of our future plans, which are quite ambitious, we're kind of thinking more long term and, and yes we'd like to see a change of ownership at the club but it's not our place the good news for fans is there are lots of groups out there who talk about boycotts who try and organize them so you don't have to look to the trust for that it's certainly an important topic to the fans of Newcastle United but it's not something the trust would lead on and so how important is that communication not just between the kind of the members and the fans but also between the the, the group and the club yeah, it's important, and, and again, you see some criticism based on, you know, why would we speak to the club if the, if the club don't respect fans? Well, that seems to be the perception. I have to say, since we took, o- well, I took over as chair, the club have been good with us in terms of communicating. Now, do we talk to the club about who the manager should be, or what players we should sign or, or sell? Of course not. Um, what we do work with the club towards are important fan issues, things like stadium access, things like ticketing issues now is it the most important thing on the agenda at the minute for Newcastle United no it's not but but are these things important to fans 
historically, of course they are. You know, we, we need to consult our membership, and that's, you know, your question's very good. We wouldn't just go to, into the club and talk about, for example, away ticket loyalty points without consulting the membership and asking the membership what their, their thoughts were. So everything that we do with the club will will come from the membership. It has to be a membership-driven thing. It is important, I think, for there to be some sort of communication there between the trust and the football club. I think at the football club, there are people who work in the community sector who've helped us tremendously. We, we'd like to think would, would help them. You know, there are issues, you know, for example, um, accessibility, match day experience, those kind of things. Now, it might not matter to every single Newcastle fan, but there are fans out there who, who are having problems, who feel like maybe they've exhausted or think they've exhausted the options that are available to them at the club can come to us as a bit of a conduit between the two to try and take up their the fight on their behalf, as it were. I suppose that's one of the important elements is that it doesn't all have to be negative. Yeah. You know, up at the club, there are some people who are working very hard um, you know, to make a difference in the community. You kind of mentioned there the accessibility. I mean, they've got a sensory room now for, for, for kids who can't uh, dive straight into the match day experience. You know, that, that's a brilliant kind of thing to have up there and it's, it's maybe a good thing that you guys can work with them and, and, and look to make more of that experience for those who need it definitely and I think a good example of how we'll work with the club would be the the, the uh, fans who were arrested on the pitch at Bournemouth we did a public fundraiser for them we raised nearly £1,500 towards their legal costs we were in communication with the football club as well about that about why what had happened had happened we've got a club response what the club had done about what the club could do about it um, so that was helpful in what we tried to do for those fans four of the five fans have been paid by us but we're still waiting for contact details from the fifth one uh, so th- there was there has been positives already from that relationship fantastic um, now the trust is supposed to or it, it's given that they will meet with someone at the club such as Lee Charney perhaps yeah. but it's not written down as in they have to meet with the club is it twice a year yeah, or is that can you just explain yeah that's that, that, their Premier League rules the, the Premier League um, insists first of all there is only one supporters trust per club there can't be more than one and we are the one for Newcastle United the the Premier League um, demand that the club engage with its support and there is no better fans group in my opinion but also I think the Premier League's opinion um, and certainly in terms of a membership organisation for, for the whole of the support there are of course you know there's for example there's the Fans Disabled Association there's a London Supporters Club which kind of have very specific topics they, they quite rightly have access to the club for but as a, as a kind of purely democratic membership, membership organisation the Premier League insists that all of its members all of its football clubs speak to the fo- uh, speak to the trusts a certain number of times per year uh, so far that has seen the trust be a member of the fans forum uh, we have asked for um, a, a different relationship with the football club we would like kind of more access to the people that matter to senior people at the football club to put across our our thoughts to them and, and try and crack up a dialogue um, can't say too much at the moment we're hoping to to meet senior people at Newcastle United very soon and of course when we did that we would of course report back to the membership both before and after that meeting I suppose the rate of sign-up, does that show to you kind of, yeah, that this was, uh, it was kind of missing in the first place. There wasn't kind of an organisation for for, for the fans to maybe uh, gravitate towards, but also maybe the discontent at the moment on, on Tyneside. Yeah, I think both of those things are, obviously the trust has existed, uh, I don't know, you know, since the last decade uh, when Kevin Keegan was um, forced from his position 
uh, you know, the supporters club as it was evolved into a supporters trust and, and there was a big uptake in membership then. That's well before my time, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago. So it has been there in the background. I think since the new board came in place, we realized that it needed a bit of a relaunch. It needed a bit of a fresh start. And like you say, with supporter discontent at an all-time high, but not just discontent, kind of a, a feeling of helplessness because we've seen fan groups and protest groups with the best of intentions um, not manage to affect the match-going supporters. There were and a lot of fans, even international fans, think, what can we do to at least have a voice? And I think that's why the Supporters Trust has, has managed to you know increase our membership as we'll have in the past what 10 days since the manager or the club announced the manager will be leaving uh, I think it's a, it's an opportunity we don't just want to be a vehicle for, for negativity and protest we hope that in years to come we put the infrastructure in place for future boards and board members to continue to grow the trust because if we had 50,000 voices behind us it becomes a lot more difficult to ignore what the membership says we hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the sceptics would say, how can you, do, do, do you genuinely believe that you can affect the direction of the club in terms of where it's going, and obviously you can't buy the club. But do you feel like you can you can actually sit down and you can you can transport how the the fans are feeling to the the desk of of senior members at the club? I think I think so. We can certainly you know with with what we have in terms of membership communication, put things forward to the football club. Whether they take that on board is is, is beyond our control. We we do want to buy the club. One day, um, it's not going to happen overnight. The ultimate aim of the supporters' trust and all supporters' trust is eventually fifty-one percent fan ownership. Will it happen this season or next? No. But if we'd started this process ten years ago and built up a membership, then then who knows where we'd be? I think that we are going to launch some quite ambitious plans soon to to start that process with members. I can't say too much more at the minute, but you know there are three main areas really that I think football fans in general can can definitely have a bigger say in the kind of things you talked about there. I think number one would be being there to safeguard the future of the football club should the football club fall into the lower leagues. We've seen football clubs so many times have to be rescued by fans at the last minute where we want to be there in place. If you look at our near rivals, Sunderland, and how far they've fallen, and, and I know before they were sold to the people that are now fans, local fans did try to do something to buy the club. If the club should fall to that level, we want to be there. We want to be ready. We want to have the finance in place. We'd also like to work with new owners. If new owners came in and were open to some sort of proper 
non-ceremonial but genuine representation at board level and there was some sort of financial contribution that the supporters trust could make to achieve that in terms of part ownership of the football club we want to do that we don't really have an end goal in that respect we're going to launch this thing and then we're going to see where it takes us and we're working very hard behind the scenes to get members more information on that very soon but i definitely think fan ownership isn't something that we should write off quite you know just yet it would be a nice thought. I'm sure every Newcastle United fan would love the thought of a fan own a club, but yeah, maybe some people would point back to when Sir John Hall tried to do a very similar thing and in the end he had to stump up his own cash to, to buy the club and initially he had wanted a similar thing. Um, it, it's hard to say, cause we, but do you think this time around if those plans started progressing quickly, it would be different this time around? Because back then, I think the Chronicle were heavily involved in promoting the idea as well. You know, it was backed quite a lot by fans, and then when it came down to it, putting the money, you know, on the table, it, it didn't happen. I mean, would you be confident in, in, in the years to come that if you guys got to a point where you could say, "Look, let's put money where the mouth is," it, it would it would come off? Yeah, I think I think the figures in the Premier League at the minute may would make it very difficult for outright fan ownership, but that doesn't mean we we couldn't explore that option. I think in terms of money, you just have to look at what the fan base has achieved in the past two and a half years. I think if you look at war flags, I mean, you know, when it was Gallagher's flags, we raised £26,000 in that first season, and I'm sure they've far surpassed, surpassed that since with the displays they've put on. You look at the NUFC fans' food bank, what fans have given to a charitable cause. You look at us, I mean, we, we've raised over £30,000 in the past 10 days. So that whilst these figures are, are still not realistic in terms of what would be required to own a Premier League football club or certainly buy into one. I certainly think that in terms of fan organisation, fan discontent and and kind of the available money that people would have to put into this, be what, you know, it could be it could be a fiver a fan can put in, it could be whatever, it could be £250,000. The Whatever people can afford, we think, people will buy into. And I think you've seen that in the past week that we've generated this cash um, as part of the supporters' trust, is, is, is kind of just been from an online drive with, with with no. We've had a clear message as a trust, but with no clear purpose, and people have been willing to buy into what we are about. I think definitely the support of Newcastle United worldwide would buy into something like fan ownership. And right here and right now, with the money that you've raised so far through the membership, you mentioned there thirty thousand pounds or so. Some people are asking what happens with that money right here and right now. Is that sort of way for a rainy day for when you know a certain plan? you think can be achieved can you just explain where those funds go to what, what the, those funds are spent yeah so the funds are in the trust bank account um you know we are we are we have to produce audited accounts so we'll have to have independent accountants come in and check our financial accounts then those accounts have to be sent for the financial conduct authority for approval so i'm pretty confident in saying there is there is you know there are a few more secure and kind of um checked out bank accounts than ours that everything has to be perfect everything has to be right there can be no money going missing or anything like that so supporters money is safe in terms of what the funds are used for we have some some small costs coming up you know like we have a new website to be able to allow fans to vote that'll cost money but we're really fortunate that we have a kind of network of Newcastle United fans around the world who have been in touch who are very skilled at what they do and offered their services free of charge. So, for example, I'll not name any names because I don't give permission. I don't want to embarrass them, but you know the, the guys doing the website now have, have almost done that at cost price or less. A lot of them have given up their time for free. We have some video footage being released released very soon. 
the guys who put that together have done it for free. So we're lucky in the supporters, Tristan, our friends and the wider supporter community that, we, you know, things that could have cost, in theory, tens of thousands of pounds have ended up costing us fractions of that. In, in future moving down the line, any significant funding decisions will be put to the members in terms of large output. I don't really have anything planned right now for what that would be. We're not at that stage as a board. We'll always be involved in the community. And if there's ever a surplus in the supporters trust, we'll always be looking to donate money to charity or, or certainly good causes locally. But again, that decision and those decisions would be for the membership. There's certainly no plans to spend that money at the minute in, in its entirety. Um, the next board meeting is Saturday, but I don't think there's anything on the agenda there that will will see any massive spending plans. And it's always nice to have some money put away as a support and as a membership um, to, to potentially use for whatever members feel feel is worthwhile. And how often do, will you guys meet as a as a board? We have to have one meeting a month, um, and we do. Obviously, modern communication means that we speak to each other every single day. Uh, we make decisions every single day on on small things. Um, we produce minutes of board meetings. We'll make those available for members. I think I think we're we are in discussions to kind of do at least video updates or record parts of meetings for members so they know what's going on. As we progress, we will want to hear from members more and more about what they want discussed in those meetings. But at the minute, it's a, it's a minimum of a month we meet in person. So what kind of little things, for example, would you be making decisions on? So, so this week's board meeting will be it'll be social media strategy it'll be we'll have some videos for release it's how to release the videos it's we'll have some more kind of media and membership drive stuff planned uh, this weekend we have discussions for about our future plans regarding you know fan ownership which are quite important you know we've been in discussions with a, an array of people across the northeast who can help us with, with with setting that kind of thing up so that's that's kind of big stuff for this weekend and then anything else i suppose is just what what individual board members put on the agenda i know um, linda who's on our board is is keen for the supporters trust to recognize the the northeast presence uh, the recent successful world cup for england's women's team so we're going to talk about how we can do that we are going to talk about a, a couple of other community things um which would like to involve newcastle united in stuff like that fantastic um now, we, before we we uh, started recording this, you were speaking about social media and how actually a lot of the members aren't actually on social media. Some don't even have emails. So to anyone listening to this who isn't really all that tech savvy, um, what do you say to them? How do you encourage them to get signed up? I mean, are there, how, what are your plans to kind of incorporate them into this? Yeah, we, we, I haven't got any specifics at the minute. We are, we are planning a large-scale event um, for hopefully... Uh, early September um, in in the city where people can come along and ask questions we are also planning and this is very much up to the membership we are planning events across the country and across the rest of the northeast so these will be face-to-face events where people can ask board members and special guests questions you'll be able to sign up on the night if you don't want to sign up online Um, you will be able to kind of drive where and when those events are so for example with our membership at the minute if we look and we've got 500 members in Manchester, we'd be able to email those members and say, would you be interested in a face-to-face event in Manchester and then bring any of the Newcastle fans along? We want to do a lot of events in the city centre, but also get out of the city centre in terms of the rest of the North East, get into Northumberland, get into Durham, those places where there are there are lots of Newcastle United fans who, you know, it might be difficult for them to get through to Newcastle for seven o'clock on a Thursday evening and then get back. So we are definitely planning to take this message offline. And uh, the, the final question then, how excited are you for the future of the club under the, the kind of guidance of the NUST? 
Yeah, I think I think the future of the club is is definitely one which which needs addressed pretty quickly. As I said, NUST NUST's official positions would would like to see ownership change. Uh, this should be a really positive summer for Newcastle fans, considering another year in the Premier League, uh, a young, hungry squad, and we had a world class manager. And and if you look at where we find ourselves now, you, you find yourselves football supporters who've supported this club their whole lives being turned away or being turned off by the club and that's that's no good at NUST with the current ownership we, we can't affect those things but in terms of the future of, of NUST we're really excited we, we want to build a, a membership and a movement for fans and should the day of ownership change come we want to be there and be ready we want to, to, to raise money and raise funds to be to, to have an integral say in our football club as a future and like I said earlier if, if, if we would kind of started 10 years ago fundraising like we're going to do soon then who knows where it would be you know you look at consortiums and the people allegedly who put these together like Peter Kenyon and Amanda Stavely allegedly they don't have you know the kind of money to buy football clubs why can't it be the supporters trust that are seeking that kind of investment from partners to buy the football club so that's all long term that that could take 10 years it could take 15 years but supporters need to have a plan and supporters need to be in place and have have a say they clearly don't have much of a say at Newcastle United um so, so have a say with the supporters trust and at least we can convey that message to Newcastle United fantastic well thank you very much for, for coming in you can find more details about the NUST at their website or on chroniclelive.co.uk um, this has been everything is black and white podcast hi it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast and this is a staycast from Acast Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.